Hello! How, how, how are you doing, my my wonderful co-host, Jonathan? I, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm 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 in a little bit of pain today. My my back pain started acting up when I woke up today. Uh, oh. I I have scoliosis, and oh. and it, it it most of the time it's fine, but today I woke up and I I, I must have slept wrong or something because it's it's acting up, and and <laughs> I'm like sprawled on my bed in a really awkward position right now to make it not hurt. But oh, it, it's fine. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it, no, it's fine. <laughs> What's going on with you? Um, um not a whole lot. Uh, I'm still kind of riding the high of the Shin Megami Tensei announcements. Um, that came out recently. You okay? You, um, you specifically said that you wanted to start this episode by explaining your your theory about Nocturne is homestuck to me. Um. Okay. So I. I've been a Shin Megami Tensei fan for a while. Um, I my first one was Devil Survivor, which is the DS like tactical RPG. I got that when I was like thirteen or fourteen. Um, and so I didn't play Nocturne, which is a lot of people's like that's the one. Uh, until this year, and I played it this year, and I absolutely fell in love with it, and I'm currently playing it again because I I finished it, and then I was like, I kind of want more of that. Um, but as I was playing it, and as uh, as I'm replaying it. I am noticing, like, parallels that you can draw between Nocturne and Homestuck yeah. that are kind of driving me a little bit insane. Um, so I have, like, a little list here of why they're the same thing. Um, th- so the plot of Nocturne, revol- it-, it begins with an apocalyptic event. Um, and the basic premise of it is that a boy and uh, a couple of his friends are sucked into a new world and are forced to be part of a creation myth where they their goal is to remake the world in in in, in an image that they uh in, that they come up with um as key players in this um it has its own mythology it is populated by its own uh creatures and races um the um in this universe, the the end game boss first manifests as a big white featureless orb. <laughs> um, <laughs> the 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 key players in the situation cannot complete their mission of creation without uh, guidance or sponsorship from extra universal uh, beings. One of whom is named Aradia. Okay. Um, this universe can be this whole cycle. Uh, can be doomed um and that is like the that's the ending everyone does um and the most infuriating one that i am incredibly certain that they patched in to drive me insane my second playthrough is that one of the main villains of the game quotes the april is the cruelest month thing at you at the very beginning of it (laughs) and i got to that i thought i was going crazy i feel like i'm being gaslit by this video game um that please play Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. It's coming out on Switch and PS4 next year. It's it's an amazing experience, uh, regardless of whether or not it is the webcomic Homestuck and Hussey ripped off the whole thing. Yeah, that that does sound pretty Homestuck. I I I planned on I planned on picking up Nocturne when it when it, when it hits PS4. Uh, the the Shin the Shin Megami Tensei games have kind of eluded me for a while. Uh, you I I, I made that tweet. Asking for someone to explain to him, to me, and you explained it to me. Uh, I actually own a Shin Megami Tensei game. I just I've never touched it. I just bought it at one point because it was on sale, and then I just never oh. touched it. I I it it's um 
it's Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse. I think it's called. Don't start with that one. Yeah, I, um... I think I think I, I I have a memory of like someone telling me not to play that one as my first one, and I, it's probably you because I it, this happened like years ago. Yeah, uh, I don't want to I don't want to make this whole episode about Shin Megami Tensei, um, but Shin Megami Tensei Four is a direct like uh, questionably canon sequel to Shin Megami Tensei Four. Apocalypse is a sequel to Four. It may or may not be canon, um, and a lot of people hate it because it has a really goofy-ass story. Okay. Um, and it definitely won't make any sense if you haven't played 4. Um, also, it's, like, maybe bad. I'm not sure how I feel about it still. Okay. If you, if you can get 4, um, that's a really good starting point. That was one of my, uh, not my first ones, but, like, that was one I kind of played when I was getting back into the series a while ago. Yeah. It's a really good one. Okay, noted. <laughs> Check out Shin Megami Tensei. It's one of my favorite series. Um, anyway, um, how do we feel? How did how did you feel about today's reading of the webcomic Homestuck? It was a lot. Uh, some things happened that I that I was glad we got to. Uh, <laughs> some other things happened that I completely forgot about, and I I wasn't sure how to feel. We'll get to that. But mm-hmm. all around, man, what a reading! Yeah, I I I, I asked the question. Uh, normally, I could ask like the end of the reading, um, and I probably will again. Uh, but I kind of wanted to ask that first because last week we kind of came away from it like, eh, maybe this wasn't as amazing as we remembered at this point. But this time, I I don't know if it's like, uh, I think it's definitely improved in terms of like being cohesive. Um, but it's definitely gotten me kind of hooked back in with wanting with like the character interactions. I think. Yeah, and I feel like uh, Act Five, Act One, the the key story piece to it is uh, everything that goes down with the Flarp situation. And now that we're dipping our toes into that, and it, it's it's starting to feel like things are happening. Vriska not making the the greatest case for herself when she first appears here. I'll say that. Yeah, I I, I was thinking about that. I I I was like I I hope I hope new readers who don't know how Vriska turns out who listened to like what I said about Vriska in the ranking episode. <laughs> I hope they don't get the wrong idea about me because like when when you're first introduced to her, it's rough. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let's get into it because that's actually like pretty. Uh, pretty early on. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so we get we so we get back into it. Um. <laughs> so we get back into it, and uh, the first thing we get is the introduction of Tavros. Um. Again, with how uh, like people have heard us talk about these characters. Um. I don't even know what to like. Tavros gets abused a lot. Yeah. In this reading. Um. And. I I do kind of regret like laying on the Tavros hate. I feel like we've said this before. I feel like kind of laying on the Tavros hate so thick before we got to this point. Yeah. Um. Cause the I found the way that the narrative kind of treats his disability to be a, a lot more directly questionable than um. Uh, well, in general, a couple things in this reading a lot more uh directly questionable than the iffy. Solix bipolar thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, 
so yeah, we so we open on Tavros. Um, uh, he likes fairy tales. Uh, he can psychically communicate with animals. Uh, he likes card games and shit. Uh, he used to extreme he do extreme role playing until an accident. Um, uh, he 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 likes uh rap offs. Um, and he really wishes he could fly. So so that's Tavros. Uh, there's a little sequence, um, where he plays a little fetuspawn game, and it kind of grotesquely hatches this, like, facehugger thing that creates a little horse. I don't know, this isn't that important, I don't think. Yeah, it, it mostly functions as, like, a half-Pokemon reference and a half-Alien reference. Yeah. Which I, 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 I can advocate for referencing both of those things, but it's like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. The uh, it 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 also just kind of exists to like show like I think that the re- main reason it's here is just to be like oh yeah he can cyclically communicate with animals and make them go to sleep or whatever. Yeah. Interesting power. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I had forgotten that like half of the trolls have some kind of like psychic ability. Yeah. And that that's just normal. Um, yeah. Um, there's, like, the little, the, the little gag where, like, he goes, he gets into his pod and, like, the wheelchair rolls down is, like, a bit of a head-scratcher, because I saw that and I was, like, I don't know why, like, it's going to, like, the, the wheelchair jokes are already happening. Yeah, it, it, it feels like it's there purely so that the narrative can just dunk on him for, for, mm. for being disabled, which sucks. Yeah. Tavro sucks, but, like, come on. It's not not the way to dunk on a character, I don't think. Yeah, the, the, the way Tavros is treated by the narrative is, like, one of the really unfortunate parts of Homestuck. Because it's just really, like, blatant ableism. And it, 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 it doesn't really do anything. Like, it's just there. Right. Yeah, this is a real, real big artifact. Real big artifact of the the time that this was being this came out, and also like this kind of pattern of the the narrative just being um, edgy for no good reason. Yeah, it's not something that's really gonna go away. I don't think for a while. Yeah. Um, manifests in many different forms. Uh, it's good. It peaks around peaks in open bound. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Guess we gotta get used to it. Yeah. Whenever we do the open mind episode, I'm gonna be wasted. Um, I don't know how else I'm gonna deal with that, but that's in like, <laughs> three thousand more pages. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I just kind of put in my notes that Tavros is kind of an unfortunate existence. Agree. Um, Agree. Yeah. So like I didn't notice a little deal I didn't notice was that um, on the when when it pans outside to show like his jousting uh like dummy um the 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 dummy has like a a bucket on its head which is i'm going to assume like a filial pail because it has a little grub on it yeah um i had not previously noticed that um i don't know if i don't know if there's anything there uh i don't know if it's supposed to show that he's a weird little perv or if it's just like (laughs) there i think it's just there yeah, we can just go with it's there. Yeah. And uh 
another thing about this page is uh i i want to say it's the first introduction of the word culling like the concept of culling in troll society yeah uh and yeah it puts it in plain terms that tavros will possibly one day be killed for his because he has a disability which is another big pillar of like oh man alternia really sucks yeah, this is also... I, I don't think that the caste system was referenced in the last reading at all, and it starts to really show its face here in this reading. Yeah, there... there because we're going to get a bunch of blue blood dialogue. Yeah, there's been a there's been a few, like, passing references to, to the concept of different colored blood, but it, it, it never really delves into it and, like, how it impacts uh, the society with trolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that's about to change. Yeah. Um, there's another little bit where it's like, it's like, uh, it makes note that, you know, he's always wanted to be able to fly him, not being able to walk has nothing to do with him wanting to fly. Um, I feel kind of bad for laughing at the line, uh, being paralyzed does sort of make you want to be able to walk, though. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, unfortunate, unfortunately kind of funny gag. Yeah. Um, you can put that on the read more whenever I get canceled. <laughs> um, the, the other thing that happens here, uh, is that we get that little, this little teaser of in the future when Tavros is going to get robot legs, um, Kanaya's going to chainsaw his legs off and then a, uh, a, a, a certain somebody is going to just kind of stand there and watch and make everyone else uncomfortable. It's it's so it's so uncomfortable just seeing him stand there. I can't wait in like fifty more pages when I get to just completely explode about how much I fucking hate this guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and speaking of what we just went over, um. We get our first, uh, our first Vriska dialogue right here on 2122, and, yeah, she is really not putting her best foot forward narratively. Yeah, she's really mean. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you, resident Vriska expert, uh, take the reins on all Vriska-related discussions, so what do you, what do you think of this insanely mean dialogue? Uh... Well, first of all, Vriska is is very ableist right off the bat, just completely dunking on him for not being oh, able yeah. to walk. Uh, s- something about Vriska's dialogue, and it it it's definitely a byproduct of like like Hussey admitted that like he wrote Vriska to be not likable, and oh god, yeah, and she really like tries to hold us hold the spotlight when she's talking to people. She 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 has mm. such a huge presence in in conversation that it's like she's very intimidating just in text and she she like very obviously like th- there's a dynamic going on here that like T- Tavros really does not like her like it's obvious and she obviously doesn't like him and she's just mm. like she's really controlling the conversation yeah, she, like, goes, like, after... He he makes the mistake of, like, opening up and being, like, here's my emotional coping strategy, and she immediately just goes all in to try to tear it down. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and she references that this game is going to be just like old times, which, as we see from the Flart flashback, it's not too far off. That's like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, um, something to note about uh, this conversation: we get the we get the first name drop of Rufio. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out Rufio, the 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 live action Peter Pan movie. Pretty good. Shout out, shout out Dante Basco. Shout out <laughs> We're, we're going to have to discuss Dante Basco's involvement with this comic in a in, in a in a little bit. Yeah, not today, but that's going to be a fu- that's going to be a fun one. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a <laughs> uh, yeah. Hussey wrote Vriska to be unlikable, and he uh he succeeded at the beginning. Oh yeah. Like Vriska's first impression is that she's just terrible. Um. The only other, the only other thing, I guess, uh, I don't, why I made sweet note of this, um, is it like, Riska doesn't like, uh, Kanaya and her meddling around. Yeah. Um, which, which makes more sense as you kind of get the context of, like, Kanaya being, kind of taking the role of, like, keeping Briska in check in a way. Yeah. You've seen a bit. Um, next we have, uh, Tavarus talks to Gamzee, um, and this is just, a. <laughs> I don't like I don't like these conversations. I don't like reading any of these characters very much. I, it it brings back really unwanted memories. All all of the all of the 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 PB and J shipping on. on Are we gonna talk about PB and J? Let's talk about PB and J. Okay. Uh, I don't know what there is to say because I'm not a PB and J. So PB and J was the. The, the ship name for Gamzee and Tavros because their text colors look like Fiona Butter and Jelly. Um, really, really popular uh, for... Uh, I don't want to say no reason, but no good reason, I will I can say confidently. Yeah. Um, and by really popular, I mean that, like, it was probably, like, one of the top three ships back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, just huge, huge amount of fan content. Um, the... including a, a, an infamous, an infamous, uh, human stuck fan comic called Four Chords. Yes, 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 Um, we can talk about Four Chords more at a later date because I think that when we talk about it, we need to have read it. And I also have to done my, I need to have done my oppo research on the author because I know that the author has like a real career now. Oh no. Um, but so there, there's a teaser, but yeah. Ever, so, re- listeners, whenever you are reading Gamzee and Tavros' dialogue, like, consider in your head that, like, in 2012, 2013, like, people love the idea of these two smagging. Um, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Dreadful, horrible. It's so bad. <laughs> um, the, the only thing that happens here is they... They have a lot of stupid bullshit dialogue, um, and Gamzee recruits Tavros and, like, gets him connected up into the game. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's so many words for, like, so little information that is actually given to us in this conversation. It's, it's like, what's the opposite of dense? It's so... Ugh. I, I appreciate that Hussie just, had, like, decided to just annotate they had the worst rap-off ever instead of writing it out. Yeah. Uh... I, I just I just had a memory come back to me. Uh, I used to think these two were funny, like really funny. I used to think they were like the funniest duo in in Homestuck, and 
How? I don't know. I, I don't know if I had, like, brain rot or or I just wasn't reading it. But I... <laughs> I my ringtone for, for an uncomfortable amount of time was... was it, I, I want to say it was made by Octopimp. And it, it was... It was it was Gamzee and Tavros rapping about the fact that you have an incoming call, <laughs> and it would it's so bad. Every now and again, I'll go back and listen to that that ringtone, and it it's so bad. <laughs> this is to you what the one Gamzee panel being my Facebook profile picture <laughs> house thirteen is to me. Uh. Uh. uh <laughs> Absolutely just useless, useless panel. Um, fuck this page. Let's move on. <laughs> um, okay. The, okay. I, I swear there's interesting character stuff in this reading, and this isn't it. Okay, the the, the, the main thing uh, from the last page is is that Gamzee is getting Terezia into the game, and Tavros is going to get Gamzee into the game. That's, yes. that's like it. <laughs> that's it, and it's like nine million words long. Um, so... We we thankfully divert our perspective from Gamzee and Tavros, and we instead uh, shift to observing Terezi. Um, at which point we we get uh, context for the what she mysteriously said earlier about her uh, Lucis. Um, it's a it's a, uh, a telepathic dragon that is yet un is uh, that is yet unhatched from its egg. Um, and it's on a giant set of scales balanced us alongside the skull of, uh, of a dead mother grub. Uh, and when the dragon hatches, it flies out of the egg, it breaks the balance, and the, the mother grub head falls on the doomsday device that it's positioned above, and it starts a countdown. Um, because countdowns. Um, the, uh... This is kind of one of those cases where, like, the apocalypse causes itself. Yeah. Um, like, pretty much everything, every apocalypse we've seen so far. Yeah. The one we've, we've seen, yeah. Something, something that um, kind of confused me is, like, okay, the, the, the scale, like, that's obviously a, a, a product of the game. Like, the, the doomsday device. Because it has the... Yeah, it has a little spot yeah, on it. but, uh, she says that it'll, it says it'll just destroy the forest. And... You know, there, there, there's 12 trolls getting into the game. Uh, obvi- obviously, like, th- this can't be, like, a huge doomsday, doomsday device, could it? It If it just destroys the forest, like... I, I just don't see the point in it. Like, it just feels like it's there for no reason. A little bit? Uh, like... Uh, doomsday device is, like, uh established to be like a buzzword in this reading also yeah so like i i, I don't i don't really know what to make of it um it's clearly one of those cases where like the apocalypse is going to happen anyway yeah. so any one of the things that looks like it could cause it are probably pointless in the grand scale of it yeah i don't know who, who um, cares moving on yeah the, the other thing here um is that it, it it describes that uh, Teresi's Lucis, as it spoke to her in her dreams, um, and it, it taught her how to uh, sense with her with with her um, with taste and with smell after the accident that blinded her, um, and part of that was that during her dreams she started to see Prospect, yeah, um, which is like 
I, I think this was the first time that we've seen a troll as a dreamer. Yeah, um, yeah, I, it is. Yeah, okay. Well, um, we we okay. saw uh, Tavros talked about being able to fly on Prospect in Act Four. You're right. Yeah. Um, but I guess chronologically, this is the first hint of any of the trolls. Yeah. Uh, this is like their first exposure to any of the dreams, unless there's something else we're gonna see later. But yeah, as of right now, um. So yeah, that the the whole thing with Terezi happens. Um, her Lucis flies into the sky immediately gets owned by a meteor. Rest in peace. F. Um, <laughs> F. <laughs> Once we're done with Terezi, um, we get to the we get to uh, Aradia's introduction. Um, which I guess maybe this is a little bit of karma for like um for Vriska being so shitty when she shows up, but like Aradia's introduction is like not that exciting. Uh, for me, she's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, I think that the gag where it it renders her in a more symbolic manner is one of my favorite jokes in the entire comic. Um, where she just shrinks in little sprite. Oh yeah, it's good. Um, I I want to note also that the first panel that Aradia here is in here twenty one thirty two, um, before she gets shrunk, uh. Keep tabs on how Aradia's horns are drawn, because even I'm pretty sure that even Hussey for the longest time could not get a consistent grasp on how to draw Aradia's horns from any angle. Yeah, and they look like a disaster. And here. especially when when he starts bringing on like guest artists, the just the amount of ways that her horns are drawn. The, I don't think there's ever been consistency outside of like her sprite. It's so funny, um, and it's they're, they're supposed to be ram horns. It's like yeah, pretty clear. Yeah, it, it it should it shouldn't be that hard. Um, I I say this uh, knowing full well that it is absurdly difficult to draw ram horns from perspective without a <laughs> like a photo reference. <laughs> but yeah, um, Aradia Megiddo, um, I okay a little okay. Th- this is another Shimigami Tensei t- tie in here, um. Uh, Aradia, uh, uh, so Megiddo is the name of a spell in Mega Ten games. Um, and uh, upon rem- like this kind of spurring me on, I was like, I'm gonna look up the the etymology of that that showed up in these two different things at distinct points in time. Um, and Megiddo is uh the name of the location where uh in the Book of Revelation the uh the Battle of Armageddon takes place. Yeah. So it's apocalyptic buzzword. Um, yeah, this also led me to trying to find how to pronounce, you're supposed to pronounce that word, and I could not find a consistent pronunciation, so I'm just gonna stick with Megiddo. Um. That's valid. (laughs) As for her actual introduction, um, it kind of lines out that, um, her interest, she has kind of moved past her interests, uh, a long time ago. Um. Ever since having found her present calling, uh, which had to do with some kind of accident. Yeah. Um, she hears the voice of the dead, uh, which, again, like, half the trolls have some kind of, like, psychic ability. Um, which is is just, I think that's a great, I think that's great that it's kind of there. Um, yeah, role-playing accident, uh, which will become, which, which is a bit of a theme, if we've noticed. Yeah. Um, the accident also resulted in the death of her Luce- death of her Lucis, um, which led her to uh leave home and do more archaeology as a spooky ghost girl. 
Um, and she has recovered the the hieroglyphic source code that will become the troll's version of Suburb, uh, which is called Sugrub, uh, <laughs> which I hate. <laughs> Uh yeah, so so that's that's what we get of a of Aradia first. Um, she's got the little Ouija board modus, which is funny, I guess. Um, and she retrieves the the Crosby top, which I I think was a yeah that was that's a really old gag from Act One, right or Act Two? Uh, no, or has uh, that, it was has that shown up yet? Uh, the Crosby top was in the possession of Spade Slick in the intermission. Fuck, you're right. Okay, I couldn't remember where it was from. Um, uh, there, there, I... there were there was a picture of Crosby in I think Dad's room. Yeah. And but yeah, the the Crosby top first appeared in the intermission. Okay, that makes that makes a lot more sense. This doesn't really make any sense still. I had uh, I didn't want to go back to check all the alchemy bullshit because that's a lot of work. Um, and I hate doing work. Yeah. Um, but like I guess that I can't like. I thought the Cosby top and the Crosby top were part of like a a, a bit, like together, um. But I guess they're part of a bit far apart because they kind of sound similar. And they're both laptop men. Yeah. But yeah, um. So it doesn't make any sense as to why she would why she would have found this. Um. But whatever. They have fucking troll Will Smith. They can have uh <laughs> human Ben Crosby. <laughs> um. So. Kanaya, uh, starts bugging Aradia, uh, Aradia. I, we had this conversation a while ago about how I can't pronounce this, and I, there, there, there's your first count of me not knowing how to pronounce Aradia's name. Um, so, Kanaya, uh, bugs Aradia, um, and kinda is, like, friendly reminder that we're all fucked and it's your fault. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to, what to, what to make of this. Like, I don't know what, how I'm supposed to read Kanaya's tone. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure either. Uh, I don't know. What's going on, Kanaya? <laughs> I mean, like, I, it makes sense, like, as to why she would be like, is there anything I can do to, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <sighs> Like, I can't tell if she's actually trying, like, she actually thinks she has a chance of stopping whatever's going to happen. Yeah. Um, or if she's just trying to guilt trip her. Um, and it's further complicated by her signing off with being, like, you can come to me if you need help. Uh, like, this could either just be, like, really, like, cold irony or Kanaya being supportive in the only way she knows how. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So after this, uh, Aradia checks in on Solix. Um, we had a conversation that we already uh, read about how once Solix realized that everything's gonna explode and go horribly, um, he wants to like pull out. I, I kind of wonder if like Aradia brought this up to Solix because Kanaya just mentioned it and she felt bad or something, yeah. but I don't know. Um, it, it resumes back on where we left off there, where Aradia is now on top of Solix's uh, apartment building, levitating his Lucis in the air above her. Um, 
and uh, Radia gets uh, uh, starts talking to Vriska. Um, and this is just a delightful little pester log. Oh yeah. Um, I yeah. So this th- I really enjoy. I unironically really enjoyed this. Um, from the perspective of like, I like the way that even though Aradia is like operating at fairly low capacity right now, I she still has a lot of really great potential. Yeah. Um. You sound really sad that your favorite troll is getting dunked on by no, mine. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Briska kinda kinda comes in trying to trying to be an asshole. Um Radia is not thrilled to hear from her. Um Briska kinda comes to her with a a proposition to to make to, to be the secret leaders of the team. Um, and also says she has a present for her once they enter. Um, Aradia is kind of, like, characteristically apathetic to this idea. Um, she's like, you know, whatever. Um, the thing that I really liked about this log is that Aradia pushes back pretty hard a couple times. Yeah. Um, the first one, where is trying to come up with a derogatory nickname for Solix, uh, and his, uh, like, calling him, calling him either Mr. Two-Eyes or Four-Eyes, and Aradia shoots back with Eight-Eyes minus Seven. Um, that, I, I read that, and I was like, holy shit! Yeah, that was, it's a pretty, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I, I like that she's, uh, kicking back when it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, and the, the second one is at the, at the end of it. Um, Riska kind of does, like, Riska, uh, says, like, okay, now I'm mad thinking about, uh, some loser, hint, hint, I'm gonna go annoy him right now, uh, which is, like, such a, like, such a character move that you write your character to do if you want your readers to hate them. Yeah. <laughs> and Aradia's response is, like, she just says that's really childish, and then, like, when, when Riska signs off, she's like, oh, wow. I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like I said last time, Aradia has a little bit of the jade factor in her dialogue, I think, in that she's, like, genuinely expresses some uh, empathy yeah. and, like, desire to, for people to not be treated poorly. Yeah. Which is interesting when all the characters, all the trolls so far have just been horrible to each other. Yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of being horrible, man... Riska's really ramping it up. Uh <laughs> particularly uh with 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 the name drop of the team charge debacle. Yeah. Uh if 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 you've been paying attention readers, uh the 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 word accident has been dropped multiple times with multiple characters and uh particularly uh at this point, uh Aradia and Tavros have both had an accident. Uh, that were connected with role playing, and na- now we have the name drop of Team Charge, and yeah. uh, Vriska, Vriska name dropping that like right now. Uh, it, it it really seems like a, haha, oops, did I mention that? Oh, woe is me! I didn't mean to bring that up. Yeah, Vriska, like a lot of what she's doing is like just very obviously poking at what. Uh, raw nerves. Yeah. 
or what what would be raw nerves, I guess, in Aradia's case, if she weren't so um like she is right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The 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 yeah. I I don't. I I I already went over what I what I liked about that page. Um, but yeah, like. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know how many times to say, but like Vriska is really like really really horrible right now. Yeah, C- come on, John. When when does she get likable? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a couple. Uh, once we get to an archer, there's a couple hints that I want to talk. Yeah, about, but yeah. Um, we go back. So, uh, Vriska fucks off. Um, to go fuck with Tavros. Um, and uh, Solix and Roddy resume their conversation. Um, he apologizes, uh, says he'll still play. Um, Aradia is, like, you can't do that yet, because we gotta enter in a certain order. Um, Solix is like, what the fuck are you, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and this is, I, I think that this is the first time it name drops the cast system, or not, not the first, uh, one, the, oh my god, we just talked about this. It, it drops the name of the cast system again, um, and how it's dictated by blood color. Yeah. Um... So like yeah, it's it's coming up it's coming up. Um Yeah. The Yeah. Uh not much to say about the pestilog, I don't think. I I mean I mean I mean uh just to just to add more to the, the whole cast system, uh Solik specifically says uh what's worse than yellow, referring to his own blood color, and it's like mm-hmm. the first indication that uh, these characters are typing in their blood colors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of them. Most of them, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Aradia, to mitigate Solix's anger, uh, gets him to come to the window and then just zonks him out with her, uh, psychic abilities. Um, we, we get a brief flash forward to the future, uh, where... He wakes up after everyone else has entered the session. Um, apparently, uh, apparently his sleep was essential to their to their game because uh, his dreams would facilitate the support of the teammates. Yeah. Um, but he wakes up uh, as Alternia is as as hell is raining on Alternia, um, having gotten some of the mind honey in his mouth, and it causes him to have a freak out and blast these giant uh, Cyclops eye beams like straight up into the sky and immediately terminate his looses. Kind kind of kind kind of badass. Kinda... Pretty yeah, pretty cool. Too bad he killed his dad. Yeah. Unfortunate. <laughs> um do I say dad okay, random question. I say dad, but do all the trolls looses have the same gender as the kid? Uh or... Is that a? I feel like that's a pattern we've seen. I I, 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 I think so. True. I think I think I think okay. so. Okay. Random lore question. Um. So yeah. Uh. Solix at some point in the future is gonna freak out and blow up his apartment. Um. And now we get uh Nepeta. Uh. She's funny little cat girl who lives in a cave. She's here. It's her. One of the most um. I want to say infamous, but like one of the most well-known homesick characters. I guess. Yeah, uh, a lot of people love her, d- despite love despite her having such a small role in the comic. She is so popular. 
she's yes, I she's always been fantastically popular. Yeah, like uh, there was a poll done recently. Uh, for fans, by fans, were they were gonna add some new plushes to to the lineup, and you had to mm-hmm. vote on like which one you wanted, and I think I think the candidates were like Nepeta, Vriska, uh, hmm, who are the other ones? I can't remember the other ones. All I remember is that like. Friska came in second, and Nepeta came in first, and it was mm. it was a pretty big margin of difference. Yeah, it, she is a she, she's like, um, a, she's a nice character. Uh, she also exhibits the rare trait among trolls of like caring about people and not just coming into every conversation being an asshole. Yeah. Um, and she has uh, she has a very endearing design. Um, I like the little cat hoodie and i like the i like the um the long coat that drapes on the floor yeah it's cute um yeah i i mentioned this when we were ranking the trolls but like i kind of like had this contrarian like i hate nepeta stance for a long time just because i wanted to be contrarian and everyone loved her so much <laughs> i have since uh grown up and realized that uh she's really done nothing to deserve this yeah um, and she is a, she is a likable character. Um, so I apologize to, uh, to Nepeta Legion, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we get her formal introduction. Um, she lives in a cave. Uh, she, she enjoys a, a, sp- a spot of role-playing, um, but not the dangerous kind that all of her friends have been hurt doing. Um, and she, uh... As a lifestyle, uh, stalks and hunts animals uh, for food, which is pretty badass. I, in my, in my yeah. notes in reaction to this, I wrote Nepeta equals and Prim Queen. <laughs> She's a computer! No, that's fine. It, it doesn't count. Ignore the computer. <laughs> and Prim Nepeta. Okay. <laughs> I think... Is it the... Okay, uh, is it the Anprim flag like it's, the yes, same it's, shade it's, of green? It's, it's, the, it's like the same shade of green and black. So it like it, oh <laughs> oh my god, that is some incredible conversion evolution right there. <laughs> Hussy, if you did that on purpose, DM us. <laughs> no one else has to know. I I just need to know. That's all. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we see her little uh, X Men claws. Uh, which are again the, pretty badass. Oh, I think. Hold on, you're 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 skimming over like miss, a key part in her introduction, and then it, it Fu- it's her best pal is a little bossy. Yes, we touched on this last time. There was a brief bit of dialogue touched on this, and it we will touch on it again very shortly. But her her best pal is a little bossy. People wonder why you even bother with him, but someone has to keep him pacified, and if not you, then who? Which kind of immediately caught my eye as, like, uh, recontextualizing that whole relationship in a way that I had not thought of before. Not that it makes me like Equius anymore, but it, it got me thinking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we see her, her Lucis, who's a cute little cat with, like, a Slife of the Sky dragon mouth. Um, who then immediately is the victim of a, of a gag where she is killed by a cave. I, I completely forgot about like that 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 dramatic transition 
and I in my notes on 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 the page that it first shows Pounce, I wrote Pounce smiley face, and then I clicked the next page, and I immediately wrote Pounce frowny face. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like this is a like <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. Um, I. I am a cat lover, and it, whenever whenever a story goes out of its way to do violence against cats, I find it a little bit upsetting. Um, rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Um, so moving on. Uh, Nepeta gets pestered by Carcat. Um, and the it, this pester log just comes right out of the fucking gate and hits you with that big old ableism right hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carcat, Carcat's a little unhinged. He just—he really says it. He yeah, he just call—he just calls her autistic as an insult. Um, I assume it's an insult because it's Carcat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Jesus. Um, this is m- made further complicated to me by the fact that uh, it's—I assume it still is because it was—it has been for—it was for a long time like a pretty common um fan thing to read Nepeta is like actually being autistic yeah and i i want to say that hussies at some point like confirmed it i don't know mm-hmm. but but man Carcat, come on like <laughs> yeah like the whole uh autistic Nepeta thing is like um kind of made a little bit murkier by her being, like, an archetypal parody of, like, furries, and the way that furries were kind of thought of in, at that point in time, was, like, very heavily associated with, like, DeviantArt, she has her whole drawing tablet thing, the roleplay thing, um, and a pretty common line, uh, like, it, this is, I guess this is still really common, but it was a lot more common to, like, call people autistic as an insult, and, like, the the kind of person that Impeta is meant to parody was like a big target of that, I'm gonna say. Yeah. 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 Um so like while I can accept like as time moves on that Nepeta can become like an autistic character, uh, who isn't meant to just be the butt of a joke, it is made a little bit harder to stomach in the immediate it, it, right now, yeah, by that, yeah, because uh, it does it. It's it's it 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 is extremely possible that like she is kind of more of a malevolence. The the, the ableism is more of a malev- malicious part of the stereotype. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the uh, that's her daily quota of Nepeta autism discourse. Um, but yeah, the. <laughs> Carcat really just comes out and says it, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Chill the hell out. Um, but a- after he gets done being really ableist, he, uh, recruits her into, the- he attempts to recruit her into the game. Um, and Nepeta, uh, says that she would be happy to, but she has to consult with a certain somebody first. Yeah. Um, I would like to note here that, uh, Karkat for once is, is, uh, I agree with him. Um, I appreciate his take on this where he says, how can you be a best friends with the only guy on the planet who is a bigger asshole than me? 
um, and that he and he's scum, which two of my favorite Carquette lines so far. I, uh, which which lead into the actual um, I believe this is the first uh Equius conversation, um, and boy oh boy, if you thought Vriska made herself look bad coming out the gate, it who. I had to, so I I took notes on this in two sessions, like I usually do, and this was the page that was the breaking point for me, where I was like, I have to do this later. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a lot. Equius is like a combination of like two or three different kinds of people who I hate in real life. Yeah. Um. He. <sighs> Um, he is, he's classist, um, he is, like, weirdly, uh, he, like, really, he's, like, weirdly, overtly sexual, but claim, like, downplays it, he is really manipulative and controlling, it is, it is just dreadful. Um, the whole time, uh, so, Nepeta, uh, tries to come and ask if she can play the if she can play scrub with the other trolls um Equius's response is that she is not to fraternize with those of lower blood status than her which is just horrible oh yeah um Oof. it's that's it's awful out the gate um the he really gets on her case for swearing which like it, it's this it's horror like i don't even know how to describe what i'm reading besides being like this is this is like what you read when someone posts a twit longer where somebody is like grooming a minor, which is like not what's happening because they're the same age, but like the way he's so controlling and like it, it's it's so it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, it's it's such an uncomfortable dynamic. Um, And it's the other side of that is it's really interesting because um. Nepeta, like, calls him out on, uh, his whole act and how, um, he's a hypocrite and he's full of shit. Yeah. Um, and that she's the only person that he has because everyone else recognizes that he's a weirdo and a creep. Yeah. So, which I, I found that line really interesting because, like, Nepeta clearly has agency here and she has decided to burden herself with this guy. Yeah. Um, but, oh my god, it... he's just the worst. And... I, I wonder a lot if if it's written to be this uncomfortable and like hard to understand why why they why Nepeta bothers with him. It has to be because th- we we're, we're gonna I don't know when we're gonna get to it. I th- I think the reading after next one, but well, I don't I don't even know if it's in Act Five Act One, but Nepeta and Equius are in a certain type of troll relationship that doesn't really exist with humans and i feel like hussy wrote it to be hard to understand yeah but it man it's uncomfortable we'll talk about quadrants from the game. yeah yeah um, we will that's a whole conversation yeah that's on but like yeah the relationship with these two is really strange um because just on its surface um equius is just like Every kind of person that you have every reason to hate. Yeah. Um, 
I think the part of the line in this that made me the angriest is like at the end where he says, you're angry and I appreciate that, but it doesn't matter. Um, which it's just so like hideously callous and manipulative. Yeah. Um, that like his whole MO here is like to, to attempt to gaslight her out of, out of her other friends and out of the way that she wants to behave. Cause He's not only, like, patrolling her, like, placing her language, but, like, he's criticizing the, the way she lives and how she hunts for a living. Yeah. Um, it's just disgusting. Yeah. And and then, then we get, like, the first reference to, like, the whole sweating thing. Ugh. Uh, he, he says, uh, we will stop talking about archery. The topic is making me sweat. Uh, man, does this sweating thing just come back and punch the shit out of (laughs) Not only does he, like, say, like, like, for, for the sake of, um, context, like, he's, he's hot and bothered. Yes. Like, uh, he's, he's getting horny. Um, and the, like, the way that, like, he places emphasis on sweat by, like, line breaking, like, it's making me line break sweat is, it's, it, it's 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 another part of like the him like being horny at her and then like whenever she like calls his bullshit on animals um he starts being like no it's art it's it, I have an appreciation for art like and it's like his name his tag is literally centaur's yes testicle. yeah like, yeah <laughs> Equius is like that guy who has like the anime like the Senran Kagura icon and will like defend to you about how they're like the greatest games ever made and it's like I, dude you're just jacking up. I <laughs> that that's funny cuz I wrote in my notes that he would be the type of guy who says slurs online and then plays Warhammer 40k yes he's also that guy <laughs> he's like every kind of guy that you just block on site on Twitter um i don't i think that that covered every base that i had yeah. to say it there's just so like ugh. The one, one of the key pieces of the the key things from this conversation is that Nepeta's not allowed to be on the other team, and for some reason he's under the assumption that he's going to be co-leader with Aradia. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So not only are Aradia and uh, and Vriska secret co-leaders, but Aradia and uh, and Equus are also secret co-leaders. Again, I alternated yeah, that... of her name. <laughs> Um, oopsie. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, everybody on the blue team is the secret co-leader, I guess. With somebody. But, uh, yeah. Um, I think we can move on. Yes, we can move on. <laughs> um, Nepeta does honor his demands, um, which I wish that she wouldn't. Um, but she, uh, she contacts Tavros and says that, uh, she's not allowed to play. Um, and I think at this point, I kind of started to get an idea of why I dislike Tavros, or, like, uh, it, it started to become a little bit clearer, which is that, um, Tavros is not, like, cruel, but he is also really passive and does not express like empathy or caring in the way that uh Nepeta and Aradia have. Yeah. Um which 
it, I mean, objectively compared to all the other trolls, just be like telling each other to kill themselves constantly, um, is not as bad, but it is aggravating. Yeah. yeah. Um, even Carcat at this point, like, so in this in this conversation, um, Nepeta says that Equius said that she couldn't play the game, um, and. Tavros kind of says, like, oh, no, um, I guess maybe it's for the best because, you know, something dangerous could happen to you. And just kind of, like, hand waves it, like, you know, maybe it's for the best. Um, which, in the context of, like, even Carcat, who was really cool to Nepeta, uh, a couple pages ago, um, recognizing that Equius has a really, like, horrible sway over her actions and that he's bad yeah. and she shouldn't be listening to him, that Tavros couldn't even make that step that, like, Carcat could, it really strike. it really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Um. Also, it, yeah. <laughs> in this panel, we see that Tav- Tavros has accidentally run over his, his lusses, which is... <laughs> It's so unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had also... I wanted to talk... I wanted to... Uh, I kind of had, like, a brain blast that, like, oh, that's why I don't like him here. Um, But, yeah, it, yeah, Tavros has killed poor Tanker Bull with his wheelchair. Um, <laughs> Very unfortunate. Uh, I actually didn't notice... Th- I didn't notice this detail in the comic until today. Um, Even... Uh, I I I had seen this panel several times over the course of years and years, and I never noticed that this happened. I I just now noticed it, like while you were talking, and mm-hmm. I know in a few pages, like th- there's reference to this happening, but it's just so subtle. <laughs> it's very easy to to miss to to miss, um and. Even the next couple panels where he looks down and it says Tinkerbull, like I, I always just kind of assumed that something bad had happened to Tinkerbull that we didn't, we weren't privy to. I didn't realize that uh, he's literally just looking at his corpse and he's smushed. Um, feels bad. Feels real bad. Um, but yeah, uh, we now na- so. Now we we get our flarp flashback. Um the first of at least one. Yes. Um so this is I don't this so so, so Tower's reminiscing on his days of role playing. Um and so we are we are now in, in the thick of it and we are now about to observe the the night of one of the disasters. It's um, the first disaster. It it's the one that that kind of kicks it all off. Yeah the the tragic backstory of the of this group of friends is being elaborated on here. Um, but yes. Um, it 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 goes into what the game is a little bit. Um. We get a conversation between Tavros and a notably cheerier Aradia than we are used to. Yeah. Which is a little bit of foreshadowing for future disasters, I think. Or that we will... It's establishing uh, kind of subtly that um, bad things are going to happen to many characters from here on out. Yeah. 
um talks about how that's it's played that it's two teams against each other one of them and each one has a a dm whose purpose is to make the game harder for the other someone on the other team called a clouder yeah um to make a to 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 make it a little bit short uh cuz i don't really want to get into how n- nasty Vriska is here um unless you want to uh they set up the game um Tavers is having a really hard Vriska is making Tavers have a really hard time um he want he he's stricken with indecision as to whether to run away he's cornered he wants to run away but the odds are bad um and Vriska uses her uh psychic abilities to influence him into jumping off a cliff and ultimate and ultimately uh paralyzing himself yeah. um it's uh... yeah it's it's it, it's it's pretty bad risk is doing a bad thing R- risk is risk is doing a bad thing uh i i don't know i i i feel like there's something that can be said about the way she talks to him throughout this uh it's weird um i know that tavris is a really (laughs) touchy subject um whatever you want to call the chip um it it's a gross pairing and even it, it wasn't that popular um even back when yeah um which is, I guess, good because there were a lot of really terrible ships that were popular for seemingly no good reason. And this one, uh, I think even the most, um, like, shipping-hungry of fans could see that it was, like, just a horrible dynamic in any direction. Um, but the way that Vriska does talk to him is, like, uh... I don't want to say that it's, like, affectionate bullying, because obviously she goes way, 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 way too, like, fucking far beyond that. Yeah. Um, but it feels like that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this bit's been discussed a lot over the years. Uh, Yes. Uh, and... It it seems like Vriska's intentions are, like... She really wants him to, like, act. Like, on his own. Uh, and it seems like she wants him to be stronger, because she, she brings up that, like, uh, no matter what campaign she brings, he always absconds. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I, f- I feel like it'll be easier to talk about when we see more conversations between them down the line. Yes. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, but I think that yeah, this is a, this is another one of those these dynamics and kids that's difficult to parse. Um, I I did just notice uh, on a on a lighter note, I did just notice that even before he is wheelchair bound, Tavros wears socks with sandals. So <laughs> actually, I think I think he deserved this. Um, I don't know if I went too far with that joke, but don't wear socks with sandals, guys. Um, yeah, uh, Tavros is, uh, 
paralyzed. Tavros is paralyzed by his his fall off the cliff. Um, and when he he contacts Tavros, he contacts Karkat about this, and Karkat is not very sympathetic. Um, jeez, Karkat. <laughs> the the fact the fact that he refers to Flarp as as games for girls. I. <laughs> I would, I, I, that kind of says something, like, like I keep saying that, like, oh, this says something about society. <laughs> this says something about troll <laughs> society. But it, it kind of does. Flarp's kind of, like, really high stakes. Like, it paralyzed it. Like. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of saw this, like, the, the other three people in his in his session of this game were girls, so maybe Karkat's just making fun of him the way that, like, kids do, because they're, they're, they're like 12-year-old boys at this point. Yeah. I I don't know, I guess makes, as far as bullying goes, it kind of falls in line. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, there's that, there's that out of the way. Um, yeah, uh, Accident is a strong word for, I think, what occurred there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, it, we, uh, so, so, listeners, that should leave you questioning, I, uh, how intentional were the accidents that happened to Aradia and Terezi? Food for thought. Food for thought, yes. Yeah. Um, after we, uh, Let's see. Gotta turn my page here. Um, after uh, we get through that little flashback sequence, um, we we flash forward and then flash we, we flash forward uh, to the future, where um, we go back to that scene that we saw where Karkat uh, is at his toilet that Terezi has thrown out of his house uh, in the medium. Um, we recap from that conversation uh, with Terezi. Um. And it we pick up with uh Vriska uh pestering Karkat. Um and Karkat is immediately uh not pleased to interact with her as most of the characters who've acted with her seem to be. Yeah. Um Vriska kinda asks, like, hey, I wanna be on the team. Um and then Karkat's like, no. At which point she's like, uh, it's a joke, whatever. I we have the best team, we'll crush you guys. Um starts uh taunting him um at which point uh Karkat kind of swings back really really hard oh yeah he, uh re- really good comebacks from Karkat on this one yeah um and i think this is a little bit of uh so so, so Karkat uh he kind of he said he's he taunts her about how Terezi is uh better at her better than her at being a psycho, um, and that even with, uh, Vriska's mind powers, um, Terezi's also better at manipulating people, um, and that obviously strikes a bit of a nerve with Vriska, because she has no comeback to this, um, and she kind of results the, resorts to the cheap trick of, uh, making him Replaying him to sign back on, and then taunt him before he can sign back off again. Yeah, and uh, that bit kind of says something about Vriska, because earlier in the conversation, uh, 
she says that the days of mind controlling are behind her, and then mm-hmm. she just immediately goes around and mind controls Carcat just to mess with him. Yes. Um, the I think this is like while Vriska is horrible. Um, so far I think that this immediately stuck out to me as like a flag for future development and exploration because we are already like setting up that she has vulnerabilities that she is really insecure about. Yes. Um. So, I guess uh. Vriska Watch. We don't need to see say Vriska Watch. We're always on Vriska Watch <laughs> around here. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's there. Yeah. Something else I want to say is, uh, it was established in the flashback that Terezi and Vriska were on Team Scourge, and yes, uh, Carcat weaponizing Terezi against Vriska right now. Uh, it it implies that like after after the the flarping incident. So, something has happened between Terezi and Vriska. Yes, because we haven't we haven't seen Terezi and Vriska talk. We, have I, we? I, I don't think we have. We haven't. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, something has happened between something has happened between these characters that we are not yet uh, privy to. Probably has to do with Terezi being blind. Who knows? Um. But yeah, uh, Karkat is. Doing a pretty good job here at uh being an asshole. Yeah. Um probably probably in a one of the more justified situations to to be one, uh, that we've seen so far. Yeah. Um but yeah. The other the uh, the other uh minor detail here um is the cast system is referenced again, where Karkat refers to himself as gutter blood and to Riska's aristocracy. Um, so, yeah, uh, Blue Blood, um, Classism, Cast Society, there you go. it's there. Yes. Um. <laughs> and then we cut to one of the worst pages in the comic. Hang on, I have a pillow here, I need to scream into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm good. Did this page used to be ready. uncensored? I, I, no. okay. As far... In 2011, it was not. Um, and I think it would have been prior if <laughs> if it ever was. Because <laughs> uh, I've seen people claim that it was, and I don't remember ever seeing this page uncensored. I read this in 2011, um, and I don't think that this page was ever uncensored. Maybe for a couple days after it came out. I'm going to look right now um, and see... Uh, I'm going to check the log and see when this page came out. Um, and then, let's see, so Law, does that be the other asshole? Yeah. Oh my god, I can't type. Uh, while, while you're searching that up, uh, the, the main reason why I bring this up is, uh, s- somebody made, like, one of those iceberg memes, but for Homestuck, and, and uh-huh. one of, one of them on there was Equius introduction page uncensored. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So this this panel launched on um, July eighth, uh, two thousand ten, and I think I read this like probably uh, March of two thousand eleven ish. Um. So it 
if it was at some point uncensored, um, it had been censored within like, what was that like uh five eight months? Um, I I I have never I never saw anybody claim that this was uncensored at some point. Um, but uh, yeah. I'm stuck. Urban legends. Um, I <laughs> thank thank you, Hussy, for censoring the horse. Cox. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I don't... Let's move we on. We can forget about that for a little bit. Uh... <laughs> for, yeah. Um, the, it, it teases um, it teases the, the yet last uh, unseen troll, um, who is Feferi, who I believe that we mentioned both of us uh, is woefully underutilized yes um yes but her she's not even yet been underutilized yet she has not been utilized so we'll get back to that later um we go back to aradia uh flying on the frog head um over to the ruins of her home um to get, to get the whole blue team uh session started um she uh <sighs> So, she hasn't been uh, at her home since the night of the accident, um, which it is strongly hinted that that's whenever she started to, it, it's, it's not even it's hinted, it's like said that like, you know, that's when she started to, um, she kind of lost all of her previous interests and uh, found her calling. Yeah. Um, And that she left her home in such a hurry that she didn't even have time to bury her looses. Um... She gets the, she gets the session started. Um, she's deliberately the second uh person to enter, um, because she needs uh the first player to, and en- to enter, uh their second gate to get to her world, um to deliver the gift. So which is heavily implied to be Briska's gift, um. She personally selects Nepeta as her uh, server player. Um, she prototypes... She, so, it mentioned earlier that 11 of the 12 troll sprites were prototyped with the dead Lucis, Lucy. Yes. Uh, Aradia is the exception, and she first prototypes um, her sprite with the frog head, which is definitely against some kind of rules. Um... And then second prototypes after they've entered the medium, she prototypes the sprite with herself. Um, uh, big big drop, I guess. Um, and we get the jaw dropping revelation that oh oh my god, she was a ghost all along. She was dead. Wow, what a what a huge reveal that no one saw coming. No one, no one guessed this. Um. So yeah, we now. Uh, <laughs> I I remember. Um, what was it? Back during Act Three? Was it Act? I think it was Act Four. Act Four. Um, was it Act Three or Four when uh Dave Sprite happened? I think that was four. It was four? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was alluded to um by Terezi, who said that self prototyping is stupid and it cr- complicates things. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is a callback, call, that was foreshadowing this. But, yeah. Um, 
Nepeta uh, starts talking to Aradia, um, asking why she couldn't see her before and why she's now the frog. Um, at which point, Aradia confesses that she was she she was go she was she was dead. Um, previously, um, as a result of some bad choices and ignoring the advice of a friend. Um, so clearly the the accident is a bit of a touchy spot for Aradia because she then asks Nepeta to keep it a secret. Yeah. Um, that she was dead. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's, it's a good tease, I guess. Um. Yeah, there's that. Um, and now we get to what everyone was waiting for, which is the Vriska introduction. I'm gonna let you. We're, we're here, this. everybody. We're here. <laughs> we made it. We made it. It's her. Vriska. It's her. We're at Vriska. Uh, so yeah, Vriska. Her room's a bit of a mess. A little just bit. A, just a smidgen. Uh, so so some key things we learn about Vriska. She she likes extreme role playing, and she still plays it even though she had a bit of an accident. So that confirms that all four people who were involved with the 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 Tavros accident session, all of them had their own accidents. Much yes. to think about. Wonder how that happened. Uh, one of one of the one of the key things about Vriska as a character is the fact that her her lusus is very hungry and she clouds campaigns so that she can feed trolls to her lusus uh very very big thing to grapple with uh the fact that Vriska, a, a a technically 13 year old uh has been killing multiple other probably 13 year olds it specifically says in the first paragraph um that even after the accident she is persisted with role playing because she doesn't have yeah, a choice yeah yeah I, I forgot to mention that part uh yeah the fact that she doesn't have a choice uh and the fact that that immediately ties into her feeding her lusses ha- mm-hmm. has a very big obvious implication that Something will happen to her if she does not feed her lusses. Yeah. Uh, it more so than anybody else in this killer be killed society. Vriska has had a killer be killed upbringing. Yes. Um, which is a yeah a key point in the the Vriska uh, the understanding Vriska uh college degree. Yeah. Uh. She's a, she's an apocalypse buff. She she likes doomsday devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like something can be said about I don't know. Uh, if if you're obsessed with the end of the world, uh, I feel like that implies you don't like the world you're living in. It specifically says in one of these like few pages like the world can't end soon. Yeah. Enough. Uh, Vriska unhappy. She doesn't like Alternia. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, she had Vision Eightfold, which she lost. Uh, they gotta stop dropping these Vision yeah. and Fold. <laughs> yeah. Without explaining what it means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, she has a thing with uh eight balls because 
uh, let's see. Uh, she's. Dr- it, it says that like it, sorry. Um, it, it says that like she like she has a hobby for dark prognostication, yeah. which I, I the, the predicting the end of the world, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that ever since her accident, her ability to do that has been hobbled. Yeah. Uh, sick. Um, and she has kind of tried to make up for that by smashing eight balls. Yeah. Uh, um, she has an obsession with destroying these eight balls. Yes. Uh, which she attributes to her stockpile of terrible luck. <laughs> yeah, the, the terrible luck is an interesting point that gets brought up in a, in, in a pester log in a, in a, in a couple pages. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that's Riska. Uh, uh Bad upbringing, <laughs> hates the world. Yeah. Uh, huge bitch apparently. Proud of her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Friska is now part of the story. It also um, uh, I, I, the introduction page doesn't make mention, and I think it just kind of glosses over that. Not only does her character have the little robot arm, but she presently has a robot arm. Yeah. Um. It just kind of appears in 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 when she's drawn. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she incurred grievous bodily harm at some point. Yeah. the The thing about her character is that her character has existed, uh, since before her accident. So, mm-hmm. uh. Which means her character had a robot arm before she had a robot arm. Probably. That's how I interpret it. Uh, thing, things can be said about, I don't know, fate or something. I don't know. <laughs> this comic and its complex relationship with the concept of fate. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so now we have to contend... Now we have to, we, we from this day onward we have to contend with Riska being a force in this comic and oh boy what a joy that is yeah unironically uh, um, something else about her character uh uh her character's named uh Marquis Spinneret Mindfang which yes. is a name we'll learn more about later much later yeah not that much later but like certainly much actually yeah act act five act two is pretty long yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. Another, like, detail it, on the character thing is that it notes that she's the worst nightmare of boy Skylarks, boy Skylarks everywhere, which is, was Tavros's class yes. name in, in Flarp, yes. and I, and also John, um, it, it was referred to that at some yes. point, I believe. Yeah, that was one of his, uh, Eschelader ranks, I think. Yes. Um... Which I guess is uh, foreshadowing, um, and also uh, another like weird thing to put on the pile of like Vriska's uh, fascination with Tavros. Yeah. Yeah. So just want to point that out. Um. Let's see. Uh. So, Riska is about to have a conversation with Kanaya, and then the comic does another one of its little, uh, shovel steps into just uppercutting me right in the jaw and knocking me out. Um, and Riska has to deal with some mysterious <laughs> white text. 
you brought this up um after we finished recording last time that this was going to happen in this reading and it still took me by, it, it, took me by surprise. It creeps up on you. <laughs> I thought that Riska was at least going to have a little bit more of an introduction before we start she started talking to this guy. Yeah, um, but uh no. Riska's interactions with with Mr. White Text I I feel are very important to her as a character. Yes. Uh We'll see more of that once we learn more about past events. But, who boy, did I hate reading this pester log. It's it's gross, but it also does so much for the story, I yes. think. Um, the, the white text is some mysterious figure that does not even have a, 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 trum, a chum handle or a troll, whatever they call it. Um, and it kind of, uh, comes out of the gate and says, I have exploited you in various ways that are meant to set up the events that will take place shortly. Yeah. Um, which is like kind of, kind of a gross. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Riska denies that she has been exploited. Um, and all she did was humor this, this person, um, to which the, the, the tech, the mysterious speaker, uh, dismisses this, um, and says it was easy, um, and offer, it, it offers to restore her stint of bad luck if she acknowledges how benevolent it is being to her, um, which is like, eh. Yeah. But but also, like okay, there's a there's a little world building thing, I guess, or a a context thing. Um, and then it just kind of starts going in for the throat. Um, this this is why even though Vriska is like terrible, I am already really invested in her character. I think is that between like the Karkit interaction earlier and here, it is really going the extra mile to outline vulnerabilities that she has. Yes. And the ways that people get under her skin. Yes. Um, because it... Vriska clearly prides herself on being really good at manipulating people, um, which is a shitty thing to pride yourself on. Um, but it gives her... It, 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 it also acts as a bit of, like, a cover-up for a weakness she has where she is also very easily manipulated. Yes. Um, because she is so quick to, uh, just be, just react poorly to things. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it questions why her friends waste time on her. Um, and then kind of dips out, uh, saying, you know, the amount of destruction that you're about to have caused that you that you're about to cause will be unfathomable. Um, but there might be a silver lining if you survive it. Um, yeah. What do you, uh, resident Vriska expert? What, what's your give me your prolonged take on this? Uh, this this is another it's another conversation and and another dynamic that that's hard to talk about with such limited information. Uh, yeah. This character who who she is speaking to is, is he 
is a lot. Just a lot. Uh, and I, I, I feel like I want to hold off talking about this dynamic until we learn more about who he is and mm. and why this whole dynamic is like really bad and really uncomfortable. Yeah. There's more to it that we don't see here. Yes. Um. And it, I mean, it says up front this will be the last time that they talk, chronologically. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. I just find it really interesting that like Riska is being shown to be a character with, with some depth to it. Oh her. yeah. Uh, I, 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 I was not expected to be super clear from the very beginning that Riska is Hussey's favorite and always has been. But yeah, there you go. Um. This is also really clearly gotten to her because she doesn't even. It, the, the the next page says, um, what use is all that attitude against the guy who's never wrong? Yeah. Um. And she kind of acknowledges, like, you know, maybe it would be good to talk to somebody who cares about me in some capacity, even if I find them annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, and in that vein, uh, we move on to, um, Riska having her conversation with Kanaya. Um, this is, this is another thing where Kanaya is a little bit difficult to parse, and especially when talking to Riska. Um, I, I like Kanaya a lot, as we've established, um, but sometimes it's a little bit, it's, it's kind of hard to tell when she's trying to be mean and when she's trying to be genuine. Um, she asks her if her Lustus is dead yet, um, and, uh, out of, it, it, it can, given by the context of, like, Karkat has unleashed some kind of curse that was killing all their Lusai. Um, let's see, uh, can I, um... Makes an interesting remark in here, I think, about that's kind of like a bit, a bit of a rose remark where she purports that um, Riska's perceived stint of bad luck and Karkat's quote unquote curse are both uh, byproducts of their really negative worldview. Um, and that maybe Riska would stop stepping on so many pointy objects if we stopped leaving them around the, her floor. Yeah. Which is an interesting take. Um, and I, I think that you can read that as a hint that, you know, maybe Riska, there's no supernatural curse of bad luck and Riska has, it, it is just, it has just set herself up to, or has been set up to have a bad time. Yes. And that, I, I think that becomes more interesting with the thing we got in the last page where the, the white text that is manipulating her offers to lift her stint of bad luck and i think if you choose to read it that way then that adds a whole nother dimension of the depth to which she's be getting her strings pulled yes. by something yes. or someone yeah i'm going to take your sincere yeses yes. in, a, in a certain way yes uh, <laughs> um yeah uh can i uh 
kind of um also signs off in a really interesting way um that reminds me of the way that Nepeta talks to Equius, where Riska is getting really worked up and upset um and just demanding to know why can I even fucking bothers to deal with her and can I basically says you are you are a dangerous person um even and even though lots of people it, it's obviously kind of the norm on this planet for everybody to be some kind of dangerous some sort of dangerous um dangerous people can be important and it it someone's job has got to be to stick around to keep an eye on them and not just to not to provoke them into anything drastic but just to be there uh which is a big like that's it's it's big Nepeta Equius energy and it's just kind of kind of being explicitly said in the same way here I think yeah I I think I think at this point in time uh Kanaya and Vriska's dynamic is supposed to mirror Equus and Nepeta because I think they're uh not not to delve into quadrants but I I do think that like at this point in time they are in the same quadrant as Equus and Nepeta I may be wrong. I would it, it, it tracks. Uh, but yeah, I I I I feel like the whole the 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 bit where where Kanaya says she's dangerous and that she has to keep an eye on her. I I it it really says a lot about their dynamic. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and I wanna I want and if there's nothing else on here to really go over i want to throw another one more thing onto the the pile um and point out that um when they're talking about the dead lucy uh riska says you know who um and i believe that she's referring to tavros there in terms of whose lucis has died uh it's it's if you control f you know who it's like right about in the middle of the conversation um yeah, and I I I think it's interesting that uh that like Vriska is doesn't want to say uh Tavros's name. Yeah, because this isn't the because there was earlier in the conversation with Aradia where uh she screwed on saying his name, and I I just think that that's interesting, um in terms of like Vriska treats Tavros really horribly, but she also has this weird fascination with him, um but also just doesn't want to. One, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I get it's, you. It's hard to articulate, but it's it's it, the dynamic there is very weird and difficult to to parse out. Yeah, uh, and something else uh about about that that line. Well, not that line specifically, but a few before that. Uh, Vriska says, "Now you have me a little worried, man. I hope she's okay." That is such a like. Mm-hmm. I don't actually care that much whether whether my parent dies or not reaction yeah and again yeah yeah so it it, kind of gives the vibe that like frisk is not the biggest fan of of her lusses Mm -hmm. yeah speaking of which um this this reading ties up um with riska going all the way downstairs to check on her lusses um, wondering if any one of the kid, any any of the kid on the planet, has uh such a high maintenance loses. I 
double pronunciation thing. I gotta stop doing this. I gotta decide on pronunciation for things in this comic. Um, she she notes one of her completed doomsday devices, uh, hanging in the in the divide between uh the the cliff that her house is on and the cliff that somebody else's house is on. Um, and how she built that for uh, a member of the nautical aristocracy. Um. So so there's that. Um. Uh, Vriska checks on her Lucis, who is a giant spider. Yeah. What else? Very very big, very giant. <laughs> very very large. Um. Yeah, and then it 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 kind of ominously chose the the doomsday device hanging over the giant spider which is such a wily coyote looney tune yeah uh, image. yeah um wonder what's gonna happen to this one yeah and then we tie up the reading at the worst place potentially the worst place possible which is uh <laughs> we gotta Next week, we're going to have to open up with Equius. Vriska's neighbor. I hope you're happy with yourself. I am happy with you myself. set it up like this. <laughs> um, I, had to get, I had to get two bad endings in a row. <laughs> yeah. This is way worse than Tavros, though. Uh, I, I think... Did I... I think I might have ranked Equus above Tavros uh, when, at, the, at, at, the end of the, at the end of our Act 4 final episode yeah. and i think this is another this is, this is immediately a case where like um my intention there was for our rankings to start to redo them at the end of hive bent uh and i think that i may have found my first change i already my hate for equius is already like rising yeah uh yeah i i, um, I, don't, I don't think we ever explicitly said that we planned on like doing a re-ranking i i think i might have said that um, I I, th- I think you might have said it in passing, but but dear dear listener, uh, we do plan on doing a re-ranking. Uh, yes, the the point of that was to show how our opinions change as we as we review the material. Yes. Um, I I don't think we have to say a whole lot about the this this panel because we have to deal with it next week. Yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, good. Lots to take in. Good Christ Almighty. Man, what a reading. We said the word dynamic a lot today. I, I mean, it was warranted. Yeah, I, um, I, I feel like that's one of the main things about Hive Bent is just what goes on between the characters. It, yeah, it, it's it's a very stark difference to to what was going on between uh, in uh the first four acts because it's it's a lot more focused on like the action. And now, now that we're in Hive Bend, uh, we we do start to see the shift of like, how do these characters feel about one another, and mm. all that. And it'll only get worse yeah. from here. We'll we'll get way more words, <laughs> way more emotions, way more, I don't know, dynamics, way more feeling. Yes. Um. Yeah. The. I mean, we had a good time picking through things in the first four acts, um, but I don't think that it ever really got to this level of like we have things to chew on until we got to Dave Sprite. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, like just look at the page ranges we're having to deal with now. Like we, 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 we were going on this track record of doing like 
150, 160 pages and having like similar uh, recording sessions to as we are now where we're just doing like 100. Like mm-hmm. the, the words are getting more. That That's the gist of it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I'm I gotta say I am really enjoying this. I feel like uh, Act Five really has pulled a a bunch of switcheroos on us. Where like last week I came away from it like, eh, like this is a little this is wearing on me a little bit because Carcat and Solix are just really really cruel to each other and it's a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, now we're kind of getting to the characters being cruel to each other. Who like, I think there's more to say about it. Yeah. Or things that are easier to say about and it. I, I feel like that has to do with, like... Because he's kind of, like... He's kind of got a footing at this point with, with storytelling with the trolls. Kind of. The mm-hmm. the jumping back and forth is still a little jarring sometimes. But it was a lot less noticeable here. Yeah. And... uh, Like I said earlier, we're, we're, we're really... We're really delving into, like, the key players of, like... What's go what what what's going on with the trolls? Uh, what what happened in the past? Why why are they important? And that'll only amplify as we get further in. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had. Yeah, so we had. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we had four introductions last time. We had four introductions today. I want to say probably. Yeah, we had what was it? Tavros, Aradia, Nepeta, and uh, Prisco. Yeah. And the last time we had, uh, was it Karkat, Terezi, Solux, and... Gamzee. Oh, G- Gamzee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, huh. I didn't realize that I was divvying it up like that, but... It, uh, huh. It worked out very well. Um, Dang, shout out me. Uh... <laughs> shout out John. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, I don't want to say that, like... It's a little bit frustrating because I was starting. I I am still really invested in like what was happening up to Act Four. Like I, the Beck tease at the end of Act Four is like got me like, I want to go back to that. Yeah. Um, and now we're we're trapped on Alternia, and I, I'm not as I'm not longing as hard to for everything to reincorporate as as hard as I thought I would. Yeah. Um, this is, I think that, like, Hussey really hit his stride around Act 4, and he is now, like, writing characters in a way that's interesting, even if he cannot resist the occasional really brutal ableism. Yeah. Yeah. Really unfortunate. But yeah, we've entered Vriska bias zone, I guess. Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) Let's go! (laughs) Yeah, um... What are we reading next week? Uh, we are gonna read to page twenty-three, twenty-two. Twenty-three, twenty-two. You said. Yeah, another. Uh, I think another about one hundred and ten pages. Yeah, one hundred eleven. I, I I think after yeah. next week's episode, we'll do more pages than like one hundred and ten because I was skimming through and I there were a lot of pages after that that are like non-dialogue. Action's gotta happen at some yeah. point. Yeah, we can't just keep talking yeah. all the time. <laughs> no, I no, I am really loving this formula though. I am greatly enjoying. Uh, it, maybe not as uh, last week. Maybe not as much because there was way more like early Carcat and Tavros yeah. in a way that wasn't interesting. Uh, but 
today we got to the risk of bias zone, so now it is interesting. Homestuck is better than more risk is in Yes, it. big agree. <laughs> I I I, I want to see someone try to dispute that. Tell me the... <laughs> Go ahead and tell me what Homestuck would be like if Riska wasn't in it. We can definitive. I can definitively say that up until page two thousand two hundred and ten, the comic is better the more Riska is in it, or at the very least, it has gotten me thinking more, which I think is is a sign of a good piece of media. Yes. Um, in general, I I guess that there's things that are so bad that they make you think a lot, but like that's not what this is doing. <laughs> so whatever. Uh yeah, so through so next week is twenty two eleven through twenty three twenty two. So that's what we're reading for next week. Um, I think I I think I am just about out of things to say. How about you? Yeah. I, I I think All that right. does it. All right. Uh uh. I I guess I guess we should take it to the close then. All right. Um, how do I do this again? Uh um, uh. <laughs> You've been listening, so you've been listening to a Homestuck podcast. Um, I, I as always, uh, big thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we've been getting, a, we've been getting like a, a steady drip feed of new followers. Yeah, um, the past couple shout days. out. I think that we, ha- I think we have like some, some like momentum now, which is it's absurd. scary. We're we're getting yeah. we're getting clout. Uh, I think we hit eighty followers on Twitter yesterday. We did. And we're creeping up on 400 plays on SoundCloud. Holy shit, we hit 300 like not that long ago. Yeah, it's it's getting kind of crazy. People are listening, and I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I'm happy about it. Um, yeah, we're at we're at 393 plays on on SoundCloud right now. We, we've had let's, we, we had let's make this episode the big 400. <laughs> we we've we've had 30 yeah 30 plays in the last seven days. Damn, y'all really listen to us. It's crazy. Thanks for listening. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess big shout out to anybody who's uh, just gotten on the train recently. Um. If you skip to the trolls, um. Uh, I can't. I, that's really funny. I can't blame you because I think that the our quality of episodes has greatly improved since the, the since Act One. Um. But go back and listen to like at least Act Four. Uh. Go listen to the last <laughs> ten minutes of the first interview <laughs> episode. We're talking Bionicles. Go go back and listen to all of episode four. We need to make like a sizzle reel of like our best moments. Uh, yeah, we could. Yeah, that'd be, we could do that at some point. <laughs> of of season one, we can say season one was all of part one, or whatever. However, this comic is broken. Yeah, but yeah. Um, rambling aside, thanks everyone for listening. Um, another big shout out to Alex. Uh, thank you so much for doing editing work for us. Um. And we'll see you back again next week uh, for more hype. Wait, 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 wait. Before we end, your, your name's Aiden and my name's John. We can't forget that part. Yeah. Completely skip that part. How do they know who we are? <laughs> I'm so stupid. I've been letting you do this. I've forgotten how to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm Aiden. I'm John. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you next see week. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>